Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. As a little background to where we are going to, for want of time, I'd like to quickly tell you. I'm speaking on the topic, reward for your labor. And it may be necessary that I tell every one of us that there is no man, no woman, born of a woman that will not be rewarded. There is nothing, nobody, man or woman, the moment you are born, you will be rewarded. Whether it be good or bad. Oftentimes, we have taken it that whenever it is positive, then it is reward. God will reward a man whether you have done good or you have done bad. Every one of us will receive due reward for that which you have done in the flesh. Today, we are looking at the life of two major characters in this scripture. And another one that overrides Naaman. We are looking at Elijah and we are looking at Gehazi. Oftentimes, we have always zeroed in on the life of Naaman, the issue of his leprosy. We have looked at the issue of Elisha and the issue of the fact that God used him as the, as the, as the object of miracle. But we have not always looked at the life of Gehazi. And this morning, the Lord will be encouraging me to speak looking at the life of Gehazi. Now, the Bible made us to know that Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Syria. The Bible said that through him, the Lord had given to the nation of Syria victories in their battles. The Bible made me to understand that they had enjoyed military conquests because of this man called Naaman. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that he was a honorable man. The Bible said that God was with him. In short, the scripture said because of him, the nation of Syria were enjoying success in their battles. But the Bible did not end it without saying he was a leper. That's not where we are getting to. But the Bible said one day they had, they raided the city and the, the, the city of Israel. And one of the people, one of the people they took away from Israel was one little girl. And when they took this little girl away from Israel, the Bible made me to understand that this little girl became a servant to Naaman. One day, this little girl rose up and went to the master's wife. He said, can't you please help me tell my master, your husband, tell him that there is a king, there is a prophet in Israel. If my master can only but present himself before this prophet, my master's leprosy, we go. Ma, please help me beg your husband. Let my master present himself before Elisha. And of course, the same thing was recounted to the husband. And the husband went to the king of Syria and said, I have been told that there is a king, there is a prophet in the land of Israel. Whom if I go before him, he can lay hands upon me and I'll be healed. And the Bible said, king, the king of Syria wrote a note and directed it to the king of Israel and said, look, I am sending to you my servant, ensure that he is healed. The moment the king of Israel saw the letter, he began to quake. In short, the Bible said he became, he became, he became, he became angry, saying that, is this not a way that the Syrians just want to fight us? Why would they send somebody to me and say that we should heal the person? The Bible made us to understand that when Elisha got wind of that fact, he said, why are you troubled? 
He says, send him to me. For today he shall know that there is a prophet in the land. I am amazed. I'm shocked. I'm bewildered that the king of Israel did not know that there was God at work in the life of a prophet. But a slave girl knew that there is somebody in the land who can perform this thing to the, according to the will and the promptings of the Lord. But the Bible said that when news got to Elisha, Elisha visited, when news got to Naaman, Naaman visited Elisha. And why Naaman visited Elisha? When he got to Elisha's compound, the Bible said he stood outside, stayed there, and was waiting for the man of God to come out and do all the things he was expecting the man of God to do. When Elisha knew that he was outside, Elisha also sent a messenger to him. Maybe Gehazi. He sent him to him and said, go and tell him to go and dip himself in River Jordan seven times. The Bible said the moment Naaman heard that he said he should go and dip himself to the river seven times, the Bible said he became furious. The Bible said he was very furious. He said, I thought he would come out. I thought he would come out and come before me and wave his hand over this sickness and call upon his God and pray so that this leprosy will go. A beggar that has a choice. A pompous beggar, an arrogant beggar. A sick man who, 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 who is so arrogant and so proud. I thought he would come. Even, 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 even if he doesn't come, couldn't he have sent me to a better river? Why didn't he send me to River Bana or River Pafa or one of the rivers in Damascus? Why would he send me to River Jordan? I have never been to Israel, but those who went to Israel said River Jordan is a very dirty river. Look at a man who is already dirty. Who is not, who is not afraid to enter under dirty water? They told us in mathematics that negative, was, negative and negative brings what? And they said, go to, go to this dirty water as a dirty man and come out clean. And he became furious. The scripture said he got angry and he started going back. He said, I am going back. I will not return back. That man is a very stupid, wicked man. Why, who is he? Who is he? Does he know who I am? I am a commander. And he was going, commander that is leprous. And I see this thing played out in the church again and again. Commanders that are leprous. Commanders that cannot associate with men. Commanders that cannot even come up before men. Commanders that are secluded, isolated, and cannot relate with those who, have, who has it. And I begin to wonder, God, when are you going to reward us? Are you going to reward me as a leprous man? Are you going to reward me as what? And I begin to wonder, and I begin to shake in my inner man. And the scriptures say, because that's not where we're going to. We're going on a very long journey, but I'm going to, I'm going to cut whenever I look at time. And the scripture made us to understand while he was going away as a very arrogant leper, one his servants gathered to him and said, Sir, if this man had told you to do something more difficult, would you not have done it, sir? If this man had told you that there is this big thing, and that is how we are in church, until they tell you to do a big thing, you will not believe God is in that thing. A woman that they went to give injection. A, who, a nurse went to give, he said, no, I want a nurse. He said, but I'm a nurse. He said, no, you're not a nurse. He said, I'm a nurse. He said, you're not a nurse. The woman went inside, removed her dress, wore nurse uniform. Came, he said, hey. I said, nurse. And you are, just because he didn't wear nurse uniform, he's not a nurse. 
That is how the church is. Some of us are so comfortable because there are so many protocols that surround some places where you go to and you feel, yes, that is where God is. But because here it is easy for you to see God, easy for you to have access to the throne room, you commonize it. The Bible said the servant called him to order. Oga, you are missing it. Oga, you are missing it. If this man had told you one big thing, you would have just concluded, ah, God is here. No, God can also speak in a gentle, still voice. Sir, will you go and do what he said you should do? He said, let me go. And he went. As he went to dip himself into the water in accordance to the voice of the man of God, the Bible said that his skin came back like a little baby, like Ebuka's body. Ebuka, my baby. I tell you, Ebuka's body. When I look at it, I say, God just said me, can can my skin be like this again? It has gone. Old fish. The Bible says it became clean. And the body, like the skin of a baby. Ah, immediately, the man changed. I feel like ending the message at this point, even without starting the message. At that point, that was all he needed. He went back to the man of God. He said, sir, I came with a gift. I came with a gift. I want to give you the whole gift. He began to bring out gifts. He began to bring out gifts. He began to bring out gifts. The man of God said, as surely as the Lord lives, one thing I will not collect from you. How did this man know that the Bible said, freely you have received, freely you give? We don't make merchandise of the altar. We don't make merchandise of it. Everything God has given us to do spiritually, what we do, we don't get paid for it. The man said, you can't pay me for it. I can't collect money for it. God has granted me grace to do this thing. It is to God you will give glory to. The man said, eh, are there still men of God like this? Do you know that because of the fake does not mean that there is no original somewhere? There are so many fakes everywhere. Does not negate the fact that the original still exists. He said, ah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that we have originals like this. We thought everyone were fake. We thought people were still making money out of this ministry. Ah, Ogayu, because of what you have done, I will depend. Sir, I came here an arrogant, proud leper. Sir, two things I will drop here. And I wish all of us would drop it before we leave. Sir, by the grace of God upon your life, I've been cured of my leper. But there is something you have not cured, my arrogance. My pride, it has not gone. But because of what you have done, not just by your acts, but by your lifestyle, I am going to take away the arrogance and the pride. Sir, I choose today that there is no God in the whole of the land except the God of Israel. I will never worship any other God but the God of Israel. But sir, please, permit me one thing. When I stand before my king, my master, when I stand before him, he will enter to worship his God. And when he bows, because I'm always by his side, permit me. That when he says, when he says we should bow, and I bow, forgive me, I will bow. But in my heart, I am standing. Forgive me. My, de- my, my assignment demands I do it. But forgive me. I am, I am serving the Lord. As an example, permit me to pack the sand of this place so that I will take it there. You know that rich thing is still in his head. He's still a babalao. Even when God has changed him, he says, still give me so that we can take it there. And Elisha said, go, it is well with you. That is the background of the message I am about to conclude.
And you know what happened? The moment he was healed, a man who came in arrogant, a man who came in proud, a man who came in sick, a man who came in, came in as a leper, a man who came in leprous, white everywhere. Gehazi said, Oga, you did not collect anything from that man. Uh uh. Oga, he was saying in his heart, My Oga did not collect anything. And in verse 20 of that second kings that was read to us, in verse 20, he said, But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has speared Naaman, this Syrian. You know when they say this Syrian, do you know what that means? This man, this proud man, this arrogant man, this wicked man, this stingy man, this every this man, this man you spared him. Ah, Oga, if there's anybody you should spare, it's not this man. How can you spare this man? Sir, do you know that the money he brought from you, brought for you, is from the government? Why not let's eat government money? Is it his money? Sir, they've been eating this money. Why not let us join them to eat? Two wrongs don't make a right. Why did you spear this man? And you know what the Bible said in verse 21? The Bible said, and he pursued him. In verse 21. The Bible says, so Gehazi pursued Naaman. Please help me ask your neighbor, what are you pursuing? Ask your, you are not asking your neighbor, do you know what your neighbor is pursuing? Ask him, what are you pursuing? Mm -mm, you are not asking it very well. Oh, yeah. Husband and wife, ask yourself, what are you pursuing? You know, the vanity of life's pursuits. So many times we pursue things, we pursue things, we pur and I begin to wonder, where are we going to as a nation? All this rat race, what is, what is it for? When you see the way people pursue, you'll be looking at them, you say, how many hearts did this people, did God give these people? We pursue kitty kata, kitty kata, kitty kata. If Naaman had known, if Gehazi had known that what he was pursuing was leprosy, If Gehazi had known that what he was pursuing was leprosy, he would not pursue. He thought he was pursuing silver and gold. Every greed, anything you pursue that God didn't permit you to pursue, it will not end well. Gehazi was pursuing. Ah, the master said, go. You said, I won't let him go. Are you not asking in your heart, is there anything the Lord is saying, let's go? You said, you won't let go. Ah. The, the end of such a thing doesn't, doesn't end well. Gehazi began to pursue. And I was wondering, bro, what are you pursuing? You are not the master of the house to say you are the one to bring food in the house. You are not the one to provide furnishing in the house. The master said, let him go. You are pursuing. And you know, listen, people of God, because there are many issues here. And I'm wondering, why was he pursuing? He was pursuing. In verse 21 to 23, I began to see so many issues. The moment he began to get close to where Naaman was, Naaman saw from afar that Gehazi was pursuing this man who could not come down from his chariots to enter the man of God's house. This man who was so arrogant and proud that he was saying Elisha should have come out to him. This man saw a servant coming. He came down. He turned and was walking to him. Do you see how God transformed the life of Naaman? Under just one experience, I'm praying for every one of us. The experience you will gather this morning will change your life for the better in the name of Jesus. It will be such that when you, when you come into the house of God, you are no longer thinking of yourself. You are no longer thinking that I'm a CEO. I'm a this thing. You know, it doesn't matter. 
My prayer for you is that all of you will be CEOs in Jesus' name. If you don't say amen, I say amen for you in Jesus' name. But you will not be arrogant in it. You will not be proud in it. You will de-emphasize it and glorify your father who is in heaven. And the scripture said he saw this servant coming. He went, he said, it's all well. He's, this was a man who couldn't come down from his chariots. But he saw a servant. He came down. He said, it's all well. He said, yes, my master said it is well. But some people came to visit. He said, hey, what's the problem? He said, they need, he said, ah, I will give you double. I will give you double. But listen, I will not only give you double. I will not make you carry it. Oh yeah, my servant, carry this thing for him. Jesus, what a, how can he run errand for a servant? It's not Elisha that came home. What this man came to collect is something he could carry. He said, no, 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 don't worry. I will arrange people who will carry it for you. You see, our reward for our labor is not always tangible. When God begins to reward a man with spiritual virtues, when a man's life has been dealt with, with the master, by the master, Oh God, you look at your life, you say, is this the same Ike who used to be very proud? Who used to be very arrogant? Who used to be very saucy? Who used to be very haughty? Has God dealt with him and has rewarded him with a heart of flesh? That is the reward I seek for. The kind of reward that will grant me grace to enter into the kingdom of God. But you know in verse 24, in verse 24 something happened. I wish, I, I, I wish we saw that verse 24. In verse 24, the Bible says when he came to the citadel, he took them from their, hand, from their hand and stored them away in the house. Then he left the men go. He let the men go and they departed. He took it from their hand so that he can hide it. Tell your neighbor, you cannot hide it from God. You cannot hide it from God. You cannot hide it from God. You may cover your sin Thinking nobody knows You cannot hide it from God Tell your neighbor you can't hide it from God He collected it quickly He said my master is in the parlor Bring it, bring it He followed the backyard He followed the backyard he, Bring it, bring it He went to hide it What are you hiding? Ask your neighbor what are you hiding? You know when we come to church All of us are holy They preach, preach A preacher can preach His umbilical cord will almost cut how many of you give a life to Christ? Everybody is born again. Everybody is born again. And I'm wondering, I am wondering, have we, begin, have we started raising Gehazis in the church? Who will go to the backyard, commit all manners of atrocity, hide it, and come to the parlor and behave as if nothing happened? You are hiding it. Hiding it. Are you a wife? After beating your husband at home, you came to church. You have hidden how much you beat your husband at home. You are laughing. Your life is not true. I'm sorry. We used to think it's only husbands that beat their wives. Even when any husband who beats his wife is an animal. Any husband who beats his wife is an animal. I hope you know. Because when you came to the altar, we joined you. We said you have become one. A man just says he's beating himself. You know he's an animal. You know. He's getting close to the other side. But this time we have women who beat their husbands. After beating their husband, they still wear gilly. Emini is what? Emini is what? And you come to church. 
you hid it behind. What are you hiding behind? I am afraid with the church. These are the, these are the natures of Gehazi. After all we did, we hid it behind and we entered the church. You know what? There is always God who sees all things. He sees all things. And I saw that as we closed this message. In verse 25, the Bible says, Now he went in and stood before his master, Elisha. Elisha said to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? Did you see that question? Where did you go, Gehazi? I used to know when I was young, when my mother wants to deal with me, he said, What did you do? You know, the moment my mommy, my mommy has asked and asked, I just know my own case is finished that day. My mom can ask me anything, say anything, but if she asks, I'm in trouble. Ah, the Lord is asking, What have you done to Lubalogo? The Lord is asking, What have you done about your me Abdu? You are wondering, will pastor call my own name? I won't call, but the Lord is asking, what have you done? Was my spirit not with you when you went behind to do it? There is nothing that is hidden before the sight of the Lord. How can I? After committing all this sin, I'll still come to the altar to still preach. After committing all this sin, I will still come to the altar to still sing. The Bible says Gehazi stood before his master. He stood before his master. Do you know this God is a holy God? And we come before Ananias and Sephira tried it. They died. They died. But because of grace, even Adam in his fallen state could not bear stand before God when he sinned. He went to hide himself. But today we flaunt sin as if sin is good. Even when there are some people who are trying to say, this is wrong. Some people say, uh-huh, are we the first one? Is it the first time? I beg, shine your eye, shine your eye. Shine which eye? How long will you shine the eye? In those days, when men commit sin, they bow their heads, they beat their heads, but not today. The church's eye has opened. When people are correcting sin, you see men stand and say, what is it? What is it? What is it? Is it today? Not today. I beg you, I beg you, I beg you what? We will stand before God. Let's close this message. Turn with me your scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We read verses 10 and 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we must all appear before God, before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of God, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I also trust, and I also trust are well known in your conscience. People of God, can I drop the microphone by telling you that all I'm saying, two people know you. God knows you, and your conscience knows you. Your, your wife may not know what you do in the office. Your husband may not know what you do when you go out. I may not know, even as, your, as, as one of the pastors, the things you do. It doesn't matter. The day we close our eyes in death, and open it in eternity. We stand before the righteous God, the holy God who judges rightly and sees the intent of a man's heart. Every man shall be rewarded according to his labor. Every man shall be rewarded. The Bible says some shall be separated to the left and to the right. The goat to the left, the sheep to the right. And then every man will receive the due reward for the things that he has done here upon the flesh. 
And I stand today to tell you, I am afraid of the day I stand before God. Because I don't know whether I've labored in vain. I don't know if I've come to church in vain. I don't know if my 20-something years serving God has been in vain. Because one day, the day we stand before the righteous God who sees righteously, who picks out the sins of men, he will say, Gehazi. Gehazi was supposed to receive a quadruple anointing of Elijah. When Elijah was to go, he gave Elisha a double portion of the anointing. When Elisha was to go, he would have given him a double portion of his anointing. That would have translated to quadruple anointing of Elijah. But instead of anointing, he got leprosy. That was his reward. He was concerned about the oil, not about the anointing. He was not concerned about the anointing. All he wanted was the oil. He would have been the next prophet that would have reigned in Israel. But he missed it because of the things he was looking for. Somebody wants to ask me, wouldn't the reward of Elisha have been the silver and gold? The Bible says, if only in this world you have hope, you have all men most miserable. Let the riches go. Let the cars go. Let the monies go. I don't need them. Let them go. All I want is to stand before my maker on the last day when I breathe my last and stand before him and say, God, I drop my cap at your feet. I have labored. This is my all. For the day is over. The night has drawn nigh. Shadows have covered the sky. I stand before you naked as I came to present to you what I've done in the flesh. Lord, will you grant me an open door to enter into your kingdom? That is what we seek for. The reason why we come to church is so that men can give their life to Jesus. I wish you can join me as we give your life to Jesus. Are you here? You are still struggling with your labor. When the Lord comes to judge men, will you make it? Can we bow our heads? Can we talk to the God of all flesh who can save and deliver? You know you're not born again. You say, Pastor, please, I want to just gently and quietly pray for me. You know you are here. There is something fundamentally wrong with your life. You know if Jesus comes now, you may not make it. It's not as though you are not trying. You are trying. You are trying. But somehow there is a struggle on your inside. There is a besetting sin that takes you off the track. You are struggling, but you can't make it. Are you here in God's presence? You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to lift up your right hand. I'll pray for you. I want to lift up your right hand. I'll pray for you. Quickly, you can raise it. Raise it high above your head. It's only God that is seeing it. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, my sister. If it is for, thank you, my sister. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brothers. They are, they are everywhere. Please help them. Just don't disturb them. Just slip it into their hand gently. Thank you, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See the sister here. Please quickly drop it in their hands. You will, your labor in the Lord will not be wasted. Your labor in God's vineyard will not go, go into wastes. The Lord sees your labor, he will reward. Please come and help them. There are some of them here. Please help them, help them. Please, if you know you still want to join, lift up your hand. Go ahead and lift up your hand. You know there's something fundamentally wrong. You can settle with God. You can settle with God. You can settle with God. Into my life. Into my life. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Into my heart, into my heart. Am I hearing you sing it? Into my heart, come into my heart, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, yeah, come in today, 
come in to stay. Lord, come in to my heart. Lord G, we will sing it one more time. Into my heart. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus. blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website www.ekoibaptistchurch.org We look forward to having you back next week.